When you need the independence to speak your mind, you take it on the all-new talk radio, Freedom, Freedom. 106.5 FM. Welcome Trinidad and Tobago. This is Freedom 106.5 FM and we go directly to our feature, Let's Talk Cancer, with Dr. Asante Van West, Charles LeBlanc. Good morning to you, doctor. Good morning. How are you? I don't know who I'm speaking to. Sorry. Morning, Trinidad and Tobago. My name is Tosca Martinez and yeah, you could call me. They could say I'm new. I'm new to Freedom 106.5 FM. So let me just give you a brief uh, synopsis on who Dr. LeBlanc is. She's a Cuban-born Guyanese mother of five, wife, doctor, clinical densitometrist. Did I get that right? Anywhere close to that. But anyway, medical herbalist. One of her <laughs> passions is to help guide individuals on their road to optimum health. So in her practice, she integrates complementary traditional medicine with conventional Western medicine. After losing her grandmother to cancer, she decided to do something more for persons affected by this terrible disease. So she began working with the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society, where she is currently the chairwoman of this country's longest standing NGO. She is the face and voice of the organization working to change the landscape of cancer screening and education in Trinidad and Tobago. She loves reading, listening to music, dancing and just being around family and friends. And if you know her, she know, you know she loves to laugh. One of her many goals is to promote healthy lifestyles and healing using Western and Eastern medicines. So good morning to you and welcome to the program. Good morning, good morning. And how are you today? So far, so good. Um, <laughs> you know, um, cancer, cancer Awareness Month is next month, actually, October. Breast cancer awareness. Yes, that's just breast cancer. breast cancer alone. So um, I would think that at some point we, we would touch on uh, the other cancers as well. Um, today we're talking about gynecological cancers. And mm-hmm. um, I know that the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society is very pressed on raising awareness amongst women and young women uh, in terms of these the dangers behind these cancers. So... I'm glad that we have this program today. And I wanted to ask you one of the first questions. What is the most common type of gynecological? That is such a tricky word. Yes. What is the most common type? The most common would be cervical cancer mm-hmm. or cervical which is the opening, the, the opening to the womb or the, or the um, uterus in mm-hmm. women. Um, and then it's followed by endometrial cancer. Um, and also, we also have ovarian, mm-hmm. um, cycle endometrial ovarian, and then we have vulva and vaginal cancers. And those types of cancers, would it be um, for lack of, uh, would I say, um, c- care for that part of the body? For, you know, for example, um, there's a lot of talk about the use of feminine products like tampons. Um, there is a syndrome that happens when you use the tampon for too long, does that contribute to the cancer as well? No, no, no. So you're talking about toxic shock syndrome. Toxic shock syndrome, yes. Um, has the tampon in for too long, past four hours most times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, these cancers all have different risk factors. So gynecological cancers as a, as a bundle 
Um, they affect anything that is involving the female reproductive system. Um, cervical cancer, for example, we all know about it, and the risk factors um, include, for example, promiscuity, HPV infection with certain um, certain types of HPV. Um, it also depends on um, how many partners you may have had in a short period of time, how many children you may have had with a in, within the, at a short period of time, meaning a small intergenetic period. Um, all of these cancers, they're, they're, they have an, um, their lifestyle diseases as well. So of course we have smoking, vaping, a sedentary lifestyle, exposure to, to hormones, excessive hormone exposure or other carcinogens, um, and excessive alcohol intake. Um, for example, endometrial can cancer, um, the risk factors is most times due to external or a lot of excessive um, hormonal um, exposure. And all these cancers, it should be noted that there is also a possible genetic link. You understand as a risk factor. So each of the, the gynecological cancers have their own risk factors. And then all cancers tend to have, in, in, a, in a broader sense, a group of risk factors that are common to almost all of them. And the most common factors would be the health style, the lifestyle uh, choices, be it smoking, um, promiscuity, as you, you said, sexual habits. Those would be the most common? No, the, for, for the cancers, the most common um, general risk factors would be your lifestyle. So that would be your smoking, vaping, excessive alcohol intake, a poor diet, imbalanced diet, a sedentary lifestyle, and poor stress coping, and then infections with HPV. Now, for, for example, because we are living, we have a longer life expectancy, then we have issues with our, um, in terms of our genetics and our um, program cell death. So that is when, because for example, endometrial cancer, we see more in postmenopausal women and older women. You understand? And mm -hmm. so that is usually because our machinery for program cell death may be faulty at that time due to longer life expectancy. Also, we have to look at our genetics and our family history because some women and men may have certain carcin, um, what we call oncogenes or cancer genes mm -hmm. turned off depending on which gene it is. So the, the famous ones that we all know are BRCA1 and BRCA2. So when we do, you know, if we used to do um, constant genetic testing in our communities, then we we, we then think it gives history. us more insight um, on how to history, then evaluate your, in for these your lifestyle and then tie in your said, individual exposure. So for example, a woman who has been on an excessive amount of human um, hormone replacement therapy or HRT, they have risk of, of, of certain cancers, um, breast, um, ovarian, um, endometrial, cervical cancer because of the excessive hormonal exposure, depending on the length of time, the, the concentration. Um, some of us need hormonal replacement due to certain other illnesses, and therefore we, we are at risk. Some of us have had to have um, certain treatments such as radiation, or, or chemotherapy for other cancers, and therefore we may be at risk for other cancers. So it's a very, um, where each cancer you have to look at and then and then see what what your risk factors are. But the, what I would like to impress on, on the listening audience is that vulva, vaginal cancers, while they're rare, they do exist. Mm -hmm. And you see, what, what's, what's, what is peculiar to these gynecological cancers is that except for cervical cancer, there is no clear screening test for these cancers. 
So that is why we want to bring awareness and we want young women and women on the whole to, to listen to their bodies and to get their annual checkups and to, you know, understand the signs and symptoms of the cancer so that you can get early detection and therefore increase survivorship. And speaking about survivorship, what are the curable cancers? I, knew, I know the word curable is, is kind of dangerous within uh, the scope of, of these diseases, but the ones that you can probably lengthen life with, let's, let's put it that way. So, so the thing is, that all depends on time of diagnosis, stage at which you're diagnosed, and the individual's response to therapy, yeah? Along with the, the type of cancer, the cell type, and the histology. So it's not as easy as we think it is. And that is why the Trinidad Tobago Cancer Society advocates for education, advocates for improved lifestyle um, factors and improved lifestyle modification, because that's how we as a public can be proactive. That's why we advocate for screening. Because the earlier you detect the cancer, the, er the better your chance of survivorship, whichever cancer it is. You understand? So, so when you say which is easily curable, for example, if I have a screening test and I'm screening, then I would have to say it's between cervical and breast, right? Mm -hmm. That you, in terms of women. Um, and colorectal, but you have to be a woman that is doing her screening appropriately, doing her checkups and doing everything right in terms of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So it's a very complicated answer to, you know, for me to say, okay, this one, has, it's, it's really based a very individual response and based on some other factors, which I mentioned. All right. And, uh, it, well, I, I, you briefly mentioned a few key signs of gynecological cancer what are some of the most prominent ones you know like as soon as you start yeah. to feel that particular way yeah i need to get to the doctor so let's break it down let's start with cervical cancer right mm -hmm. so warning signs can be pain with sex or what we call dyspareunia you can have spotting after sex bleeding after sex you can have spotting in between periods you can feel a heaviness in your lower abdomen in your lower back you can have an abnormal discharge which may or may not be foul smelling. You may just have lower abdominal pain and just not feeling right, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are signs of cervical cancer. Then you have ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer, now this is a cancer because of where the ovaries are located. Most times it's really, you really have to listen to your body and understand what you're feeling because the ovaries take, by the time we diagnose an ovarian cancer, most times, sometimes it's a little late, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the organ itself. But what do we look for? You look for especially abnormal periods, irregular bleeding, a feeling of heaviness in the lower abdomen, in the back especially, um, feeling of fullness, may have constipation. You know, those are signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer. Um, if it's spread to other organs, then you may have things like nausea, vomiting. You may feel a lot of persistent acid reflux sometimes, digestive um, issues depending on spread. Um, when we look at endometrial cancer, what you get is postmenopausal bleeding most times. You get spotting. You can get pain and heaviness and fullness in the lower abdomen. You feel, um, you can see that you're, you, other than spotting, let's say you're still menstruating, you can get heavy, heavy, heavy periods um, and just excessive bleeding, what we call metarrhagia or menorrhagia. Mm -hmm. um, so you can have those for endometrial cancer. And I, it's good to note, especially in postmenopausal women, the, the blood that you see 
it's, it's almost like if you soak, you know, meat, chicken or beef or so, you put it in water to defrost. Yes. Yeah. The blood, blood mixed with water, that's the kind of color you're looking at. So it's not always frank red blood, right? Um, sometimes you can just have spotting. You can have pain with sex as well, depending on the stage. For um, vaginal and vulva cancers, so for vaginal cancers, it's like external, a lot of external consistent itching of the vagina. Um, you may have lesions, you know, some sort of, well, I would say a bobo for common terms mm. on, on the vagina. You know, you just not, you know, it's feeling more sensitive. It's not feeling right. You may have swelling of the vagina um, and pain in the lower abdomen and maybe some lymph nodes in your, in your groin area, feeling lumps in your groin as well. And those are signs and symptoms of vaginal cancer and vulva cancer now is where you may you may feel a, a fullness in the canal itself because the the, the, the vulva is the um, you know the entrance to the to the uter um, to the cervix right mm -hmm. so you may um, you may feel, sorry the vagina and so you may feel that or you may feel you may have bleeding you may have a, a little mass inside the canal as well. So if you understand what I'm saying, those signs and symptoms are not things that we commonly would look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so we ask you to pay attention to your body and, and don't be afraid to go to a doctor and say, listen, I don't think this is right. And let us do the workup and, you know, monitor so that you're not saying, I wish I had gone. You know what I mean? All right. And uh, what we moving closer and closer to the top of the hour and our news feature. Uh, the next question I have for you is what is the deadliest of the gyne gynecological cancers? Girl, you're giving me some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to say that you give them a, a whole death sentence when you hear that particular name, but you know, just for us to be aware because the conversation really needs to take place. And I'm glad that we're actually having it because a lot of people, a lot of women are not even aware that these uh, cancers exist. So, so, right. So I, you know, I think it's important to understand what we always preach from the not to be a cancer is that a diagnosis of cancer does not always equate death. A death sentence. But, correct. That being said, the later you diagnose a cancer, the later the stage and the, the, the more aggressive the, 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 the cellular type of cancer, that is what determines the, the survival rate, so to speak. So I would not like to say which is the deadliest cancer because it's very difficult to speak to that. Mm -hmm. What I want to say is that, you know, cancer, we do not have definitive cures for cancer. You understand? We have where we will put you into remission and, you know, you will survive. And, and chances are it may not reoccur. But for you to get that maximum survivorship, for you to have that and achieve that goal, this is where you have to pay attention to your lifestyle. Now, be proactive. You have to look at, at your lifestyle carefully. You have to make sure you make the right choices, small yet impactful changes. This is where you should get screened. You know, this is where you can't be fearful of that diagnosis because the fear of the diagnosis is what prevents women from getting screened. Mm -hmm. And where the problem comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you get late. You know, sometimes we have a sixth sense that we something is something wrong. is wrong with our bodies. Correct. You know, so so this is where we have the conversation of not don't think about the death, think about how we could survive it. Mm -hmm. You understand? Because that's what we're giving you the education, which is empowering, and that's a good weapon. The screening, the the, the understanding of what you can do, the changes, and knowing that we are here to support you through this all the time at the Trinidad and Tobago Society and that we will continuously advocate for you 
in Trinidad and Tobago when it comes to cancer care. Well, at this moment, I would like to thank you so much, Doctor, for being with us. As usual, great conversation. Thank you so much. And it's Tesca, is it? Tusca. T-U-S-C-A. Tusca. Tusca. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it I know. It was a meeting you. <laughs> it was great to meet you, too. So we will talk again next week. I look forward to it. Have a great one. Thank you. Take care.